What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Turf Talk. I'm one half of your host, Dylan Davis. You can give me a follow on Twitter at DylanJD98. And, of course, my faithful co-host to my left, Scotty. Give him a follow on Twitter at ScottyDrown. And, of course, if you're new to the channel, Turf Talk is brought to you by DSM Media. So hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitch, wherever you get your social media content or sports content. Tap in there, and of course, tap into our Twitter at DSM underscore media. You can find our link tree in our, in our bio, and it'll take you to every other uh, destination that we stream on. Um, we're also on Apple Podcast and Spotify as well. So if you want to listen to the audio version later, they will be all posted up there. Adam, good morning. Go Birds. It's a good morning. Go Birds. Is- <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I hope so. But uh, <laughs> No, um, yeah, happy happy Sunday to you. Um, go birds, right? Yeah, start off the morning. I'm not I'm not feeling great about today's game, but um, you know, hoping that we can at least see some improvements. But we will uh of course get into the Eagles and Broncos matchup that'll be happening around four twenty five uh PM Eastern Standard Time today. Um but yeah, man, happy Sunday to you, Dylan. I'm just drinking a nice fresh cup of, of Joe here. And uh, getting ready for my NFL Sunday. Just drinking a nice hot cup of twisted tea. <laughs> <laughs> so had to start to stay off somehow, bro. Went in the fridge, grabbed whatever I saw, and uh, let's get di- let's get Diamond Talk. Almost at Diamond Talk. Let's get Turf Talk <laughs> underway. Diamond Talk, another show here on DSM Media. We got so many shows we get confused. Yeah, with. yeah. I get them. I get them all switched up. But yeah, like you said, we're going to talk Eagles Broncos. Uh, we'll touch on the th- on the Monday night. Uh, or on the Thursday night football uh, matchup, just for a second. So, my God, I don't even know what to say about that game. Um, we have some midterm grades to give out. A little new segment we're going to put out today. Um, we're about the halfway mark through the through this 2021 season. So, me and Scotty are going to give grades A through F. They're basically going to be tiers. Grade A is the highest tier. Grade F, obviously, the lowest tier, the bottom of the league. Um, and we'll talk our, our ways through that. Um, we also have games of the week that we're looking forward to seeing and, and what goes into them. And then, of course, pigskin picks. Uh, we lo- I lost another one. I'm on a cold streak, bro. Like, I went 0-2 last week. Pretty sure I lost the Thursday night game last week, so that made me 0-3. Lost the Thursday night game this week. I'm, o- I'm like, 0 for my last four or five. Um, pigskin picks are a little rough right now, but hopefully we can get back on track today. I got an interesting one for you, but of course that'll come towards the end of the show. But Scott, before we get into this Eagles Broncos matchup, uh, any thoughts on the Ravens Dolphins game from Thursday night? Um, no, I mean, you, you hit all the talking points on it, right? No, it was, it was a weird, a weird ass game. Um, and it's, it played right into what we've, you know, kind of been experiencing throughout this season is those weird primetime games where anything can happen. And we were all predicting, you know, the Ravens to not only co- not only win, but cover the spread. I believe it was at yeah, eight bro. and a half points. And they uh, they get beat by 12 points. So weird, weird night. Uh, Jacoby Brissett goes down. Tua comes in and kind of, I guess, leads the offense to a win. Hey, man. I mean, Still really 13, not too shabby. It was still really, really ugly. Um, they had to have, you know, an offensive lineman catch a touchdown pass. I believe uh, Xavier Howard had a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So it was a, it was a pretty ugly game. Um, but, you know, I guess the one the one takeaway for, for it for me 
is of course the Dolphins get two wins in the last five days. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, just worse than that pick for the Eagles. Um, we we need the Dolphins to keep losing um, as much as possible. Yeah, and thank uh, we you, Lamar Jackson, my favorite. Yeah, quarterback yeah, and that's another thing. Thank Lamar, you man. for that. Trying to give you a little bit of props on Thursday yeah, night. You do this I put you in the man. MVP talks, and this is how you <laughs> respond to me. Come on. Nah, but yeah, that's man, all uh, I got, man. Disappointing outing from the Ravens for sure. I mean, my main takeaway is that we don't know shit, so I don't know why anyone listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I mean, me, you, and Vance talked about that game, and I, I really thought, you know, the Ravens are one of those teams, Scotty, that we've talked to throughout the weeks where it's like, okay, are you real? Or are you not? Are you real? Yeah. Or are you not? And a lot of people, they want to talk about Lamar being the MVP and his numbers, and they want to talk about how the Ravens are for real and blah, blah, blah. You can't, you can't put out that performance on Thursday night. You can't not only lose the game. You can't only put up 10 points against Miami. You can't get beat by double digits against Miami when you were an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. They, a lot went wrong in this game. Um, we were totally and com- utterly wrong in this one. But what I, what I will say is, I'm not going to lie, I, I didn't watch a lot of it. The Sixers were playing the Raptors. We got done turf talk on yeah. Thursday night, went over it was and watched the game. game. I had no interest in watching the Dolphins play the the Ravens really, but I'm I'm going back and I'm looking at the numbers here. And now, you, if you if any if any of you watched uh, much of it, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. But this just screams not a recipe for Baltimore success. Uh, when I click on the box score, and I see that Lamar Jackson threw the ball 43 times to about. 22 rushes in their offense, 21 rushes in their offense, with nine being from Lamar Jackson. Uh, that game was never, until the end, obviously they Miami won by 12 when they pulled away, but that was always a, a single-digit game for 95% of it. So yeah. what what happened, if, any, if, if Jason, if Adam, if you watched much of that game and not the Sixers, what the hell... Was was Hardball's game plan? What the what the hell was Baltimore's game plan? Where Lamar Jackson is throwing the ball forty three times in a one possession game for three and a half quarters? I, I I go back and I look at that and I don't I I don't comprehend. I don't understand what the thinking was there, Scotty. Yeah. So you know, basically, from what I was reading, uh, it was really about the Dolphins' game plan. Um, basically, they sent the most. Uh, DB blitzes uh, that Lamar Jackson has ever seen in his career. And uh, it was keeping him completely contained in the running game. He didn't have a lot of opportunities to get outside of the pocket um, like he usually does. And apparently the the Dolphins just uh, laid out a really solid game plan against Lamar Jackson when you're bringing those more athletic DBs, those faster players in there to blitz him, then you can kind of keep containment as well and kind of keep him under control in the run game. So, Maybe the Dolphins just laid out, you know, the the outline to Damn. stop Lamar Jackson. The Dolphins last season they did have a pretty good defense. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, I saw what Jason was saying in the comments here. I don't know what happened to this Dolphins team. Um, obviously, the offense, the quarterback situation right. is not yeah. good. Um, but the defense was usually pretty good last season. They were a top ten defense. And this season, maybe they're just showing signs of who they really are supposed to be maybe in this game. But nonetheless, Lamar Jackson, he can't come out and play like this. They they can't come out and have a showing like this on Thursday Night Football, like you said, on a big stage. on in, in a week where you can take control of your division, right? Like 
you, we'll, we'll talk about the Browns. We'll talk about the Bengals. I think the Bengals sure. are on a bye week later. Um, and then the Steelers. But you win this game, you get to take a stronghold on the division and kind of separate yourself from those other teams. And uh, they, once again, just are not able to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, man. I mean, I really don't have much else to say about it. It was a, it yeah. was a shocking loss. It was a shocking performance by this Baltimore offense. Uh, but maybe you're right. Maybe Miami dialed up this great game plan on a short maybe. week and it worked. I just find it very hard to believe that the the two and six or two and seven Miami Dolphins at the time were the yeah. team to lay out the game plan <laughs> <laughs> against against Lamar Jackson and the and the Baltimore Ravens. I could understand those numbers if they got down seventeen nothing or something early yeah. in the game. Um but in a it was it was six three, it was nine six, <laughs> it was fifteen nine for like a while. I'm just uh, I I don't understand the the lack of balance there in the rush to pass ratio for Baltimore. Yeah. Something that we talked about a lot for the Eagles. Um, if I was a if I was a Ravens fan, I'd be I'd be pretty pissed off. And, and that's just my whole point. To wrap up this quick conversation, it's my whole point about Lamar. Right? It's it's not the talent. It's not the athleticism. It's not he's exciting to watch. He's all of those things. But he had to drop back forty three times. Was he successful? He completed what? Just, you know, he completed over 50% of his passes, but I don't know what the percentage is. 238 yards on 26 completions, threw an interception, had a 73.6 quarterback rating against the Miami Dolphins, and his and his offense put up 10 points. That's my point. My franchise quarterback, a guy that's leading me to a Super Bowl, if he drops back 43 times, he can be successful dropping back 43 times. And he clearly, um, it's just too much. But that'll wrap up. Yeah, Jason. Jason said Lamar is killing his fantasy team. That sucks, man. But all right, let's get to this uh, Broncos-Eagles preview, Scotty. Um, first, before we get into anything we think it's going to take to pull out a victory in mile high today, um, just how how are you feeling? I, I know the last couple of weeks we've kind of just – we've come in, we've gone through the motions. Neither of us have been too excited heading into game day. We watch the game and we're just sitting back like – you know, normally we show a lot of emotion. I'm very vocal and very loud. You're the same. Um, and we've just kind of been sitting there, like just taking it all in. How are you feeling going into this week now that you saw them compete with a pretty good Chargers team last week? It, um, you know, with this Eagles team, man, I'm, I'm honestly all over the place. Uh, I won't lie to you. And, and it's just been such a confusing season in, in general. You see, you know, good signs from Jalen Hurts. Then you see terrible ones. You see good signs from Nick Sirianni. Then you see terrible ones. You see great outings from the defense. Then you just see completely, you know, just confusing game plans and schemes. And so it's it's gotten to the point where I'm confused. Like, I don't know if these guys are good at what they do. I don't know if they're terrible at what they do. I don't know if they just don't know what they're doing. Like it's it's so inconsistent. It's it feels like a surprise every week. Um, there's there's a lot of factors in this game that say you know the Eagles could win this game. Like Teddy Bridgewater is a limited quarterback. He's been good this season. He, he has, and the the Broncos have a plethora of weapons out there. Sure, their offensive line is beat up. Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy that airs your defense out. He's a very accurate quarterback. He likes the short game. 
So <laughs> if that's the way Gannon's going to play this week, then we will lose if, if he right. doesn't make adjustments, like Jason said in the comments there. We have to play up on the on the wide receivers. We can't give him easy throws, and and that's the formula, right? Like that, it's not very right. hard. You got to beat up offensive line. You get pressure on him. The other thing that concerns me with the Broncos, and mind you, Teddy Bridgewater has a seventy point two percent completion percentage mm-hmm. on the season, which is like third in the NFL, and we're obviously giving up the the best completion percentage in the maybe, NFL as a defense, maybe ever. Yeah, maybe ever, literally. Um, and I even I even marked it down here. Seven QBs to top 70% completion this season against the Eagles. Yeah, Derek Carr at 92%. Justin Herbert at 84%. Tom Brady, 81%. Dak, 81%. Mahomes, 80%. So I didn't get all seven of them above 70%, but those are the ones that were above 80% against the Eagles this season, which is – it is absolutely insane um, when you when you think about a defense and what the NFL is about, uh, you know, in this day and age. But the other thing that concerns me with the Broncos as well is those violent running backs. They're not just running backs. It's not just a, a running back duo that's scary or they're agile or they're, you know, receiving backs. They're violent running backs. Javante Williams is a violent running back. He will attack you in the running game. And I'm worried about our linebackers, man. I'm, I'm worried that they're going to embarrass us. I'm worried that they're just going to gash us with the run, similar to what they did to Dallas last week. Um, because not only is it Javante Williams, but Melvin Gordon's having a great season as well. <laughs> He's a touchdown machine. And uh, and then the, the final thing, you know, and we'll get into all the details of everything, but their defense was able to control and shut down the Dallas Cowboys last week in yep. Dallas. And so that's concerning as well if their defense is playing at that level. Defense is inconsistent as well, so I don't want to, you know, go to sleep on that. But that's where I'm at with this game. I'm very confused. I don't know what to expect, my man, but I, I, I got a bad feeling, I guess I could say. Yeah, no, I, I just want to shout you out. I want to shout our, our commenters, Jason and Adam, out because all of their comments throughout your, you know, your little your speech there um, are all spot on. Uh, Adam starts off by saying if they fix – uh, their defense and play a different scheme and get pressure on Teddy. They will have a chance. That's my main thing, and I'll get into that in a second. Gannon has shown zero signs of adjustment. That's 100% correct. And Scotty Jason was just saying, they had. you're right, they had no identity. And that's yeah. why you can't get a read on them because there is no yeah. identity to get a read on. I'm with you. I have, I guess, more of a negative feeling than a positive feeling heading into today's game. But I, I don't feel good, you know, for the fact that this defense is going to sit back and be softer than baby shit today. Do you want to know, do you want to know the recipe to make Teddy Bridgewater look like an all look like a pro bowl quarterback? It's play Jonathan Gannon style of defense. Like you said, Teddy Bridgewater is throwing for a career high completion percentage. He's completes over 70% of his passes this year. He's very short to intermediate route type of quarterback. He's never really going to take the top off your defense. He's going to dink and dunk. He's going to take the. He's going to take what's underneath over and over. Well, guess yeah. what, Jonathan defense? Just guess what, Jonathan Gannon's defense allows for everything underneath, everything and anything underneath until you get until you go from the twenty to the Eagles twenty, and then you're you know a couple plays later you're finding the end zone, and that that's my biggest worry is that he doesn't change. And this offense, this quarterback, this system is the perfect system 
to beat up on this Eagle style defense. Now, obviously, you play Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. They're really going to shred this defense apart. But what my point is, Teddy Bridgewater is an average to below average quarterback, right? He's a fringe yeah. starter. Yeah. Okay. They could make him look like a Pro Bowl quarterback today. They could. If they don't adjust to what they're doing. And now my point is is this. The Eagles defense, you're right, and the commenters are right. Their, their defense is the key to this to having a chance of winning this game. Yeah. The Broncos are 22nd in the NFL in scoring. They average just under 21 points per game. I think it's like 20.6, 20.8 points per game. So while Teddy, you know, completes a lot of his passes, while they do have two good running backs, they do not get in the end zone a ton. They average three touchdowns a game. And although this Eagles offense has been putrid, nauseating, disgusting at times, whatever you, whatever word you want to call it, it's yeah. been brutal to watch this year. They still average 25 points per game. Now, I get a decent amount of those points come in garbage time when the defense just sitting back, waiting for the clock to tick down, keeping everything in front of you. Jalen Hurts rushes in a late touchdown, whatever. But they still find ways to score. They still average over 25 points per game. If the Eagles defense can slow down that that dual threat running back, that duo that you're talking about in Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, and not let two glove Teddy walk up and down the field on them, they have a chance today. Now, I'm not saying that this Eagles defense is going to be able to move the ball well against this Bron- This Eagles offense is going to be able to move the ball well against this Broncos defense. Who knows? Yeah. But the Eagles average 25, the Broncos average 21. If the Eagles can score more points than the Broncos, they'll probably win the game, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, so, that was just my – that's just what I, I was guess, looking at. I guess what I would ask you, you know, which way do you think that the Eagles offense can be successful today? Like, obviously, like, I know what we preached over these last few weeks is balance. Like, I I, I know we, we need to balance out the offense. But what do you think will be the stronger part of the offense today? Do you think this is a day where we have to – be successful in the passing game finally at, after these last three weeks. Yeah. You know, we got to finally have a great outing, like a 250-plus yard day from Jalen Hurts type of thing. Or do you think we go back to that pound, that ground and pound with the, the offensive line in the, in the run game? You know, I don't have the number. Actually, I do. So Denver is sixth against a rush in the NFL this year. Uh, well, in rushing yards this year. Yeah. They're eighth against the pass. So they are they're a very good defense. Yeah. It's in Denver, right? And you yeah. like you said earlier, you just saw what they did in Dallas versus Dak in that offense last week. So it's very scary. I don't think you're gonna find success with a not beat up, but a, a little bit beat up Eagles offensive line with Jordan Howard and Miles Sand- and uh Boston Scott as your premier running as your lead running backs. I don't Miles Sanders is not back yet, correct? No, no, no. I know he was back at practice, I think, but right. I don't even think they've He's out of the walking boot, but I, yeah, I think he's still probably a couple weeks away. You're not going to find success like you had against Detroit or hell even against the Chargers' worst rush defensive football last week. You, you're not going to have practice yeah. squad Jordan Howard and basically practice squad Boston Scott run up and down against this Denver defense. So, yes, I do think this needs to be a Jalen Hurts type of game today. What needs to happen for him to be successful is, A, he's got to have a clean pocket. And Jalen, you can't leave that clean pocket at the first first sign of trouble. B, you have to be able to drop back, feel the pressure, step up in the pocket, and deliver a strong ball. Okay? Secondly, with these wide receivers, something we talked about with Vance on Thursday— 
Jonathan uh, Nick Sirianni has done an okay job in terms of putting Devontae Smith in a place to succeed. We've seen Devontae Smith have his games. Now, whether that's schemed up, whether that's just him being a great route runner and getting open, that I don't know. But Quez Watkins, right? I've given up all hope on Jalen Rager. I have nothing for you on Jalen <laughs> But Quez Watkins is someone, like Vance said, every single target it feels like that he gets is either a screen or a go route that's most likely underthrown. I think he's hit on yeah. one or two go routes this year. Where's Quez in the intermediate stuff? It, can he not do it? Is he not an effective? Is he not an efficient route runner enough to get open on his own in the intermediate stuff? Or like what where is that? That like that's something I would like to see today. Dallas yeah. Goddard, Scotty, it's your boy. This is a game where he needs to have more than three receptions. Okay. Yeah. Bottom line has to have more than three receptions. So you gotta dial things up for your playmakers today. You gotta yeah. make life a little bit easier for your quarterback. Yeah, for, yeah you, you gotta keep him off the ground first and foremost. I think if that Denver pass rush gets home against him and gets to him early, he's gonna leave that pocket, Scotty. If he gets hit in the pocket two or three times early in the game, he's he's out. There is no waiting for routes to develop today. He is out, and we'll, and it's going to be a long day of Jalen Hurts bailing on a pocket too early, and you know gaining half a yard or just throwing the ball away because he's pressured outside the pocket. Yeah, and uh, you know you mentioned a few things there. I, I I totally agree with you. I think the big thing for me is you know as far as the passing game, you can establish an identity specifically in the passing game, if we can just get consistent production. Now, obviously, <clears throat> it doesn't have to be, you know, over 100 yards receiving, but just featuring Devontae Smith in the offense in that way, um, getting him as many targets as possible, Dallas Goddard as many targets as possible. I, I, I completely agree with you. I'm not putting the ball in Jalen Breger's hands. I'm not wasting possessions on it. I'm not, like, wasting I, I i don't even know that i'm wasting design plays on him at this point maybe a, a surprise sw sweep end around you know from time to time but i'm not i'm not doing all of this with jalen regger when he just can't simply get open like that's not my problem i'm going to quez watkins of the world get get him involved across the middle try some slants he's a very fast receiver he can get open in those intermediate routes it doesn't make sense we never try, you know, a, a hook route, a slant route with Quez Watkins. It's always a go or behind the line of scrimmage. And, th and that's not the way to operate with him. we got to put him in, in positions to be successful. Um, two two uh, specific notes I wanted to mention before we get into, like, keys to victory, what we think the Eagles really need to do today um, to win this game. So Broncos, if they can beat the Eagles today, they will get a complete sweep of the NFC East on this season which is actually wow. pretty crazy that <laughs> yeah. um, they would have done that already. But what that speaks to for me is, you know, I'm looking at the Broncos, this Broncos team that's five and four. They just came off a huge win against Dallas, but who else have they beaten uh, aside from Dallas? You know what I mean? They're not, they're not this juggernaut of a team. You no, know, no not by any means. And today, um, the other thing, the, the, a positive for the Eagles today the Eagles are three and two on the road. They're zero and four at home. They have sixteen sacks on the road, one at home. So the pressure is getting there on the road, but they're not getting any pressure at home. Maybe it has to do with the degree of teams that they're playing at home as well. But that just that speaks volumes to me that you know they got all of their wins on the road, and obviously when they're getting pressure, that's how they're going to get their wins on defense. Um, 
16 sacks on the road, one at home. <laughs> Amazing. You know, you would think they would feed off the crowd. I, I, I don't yeah. know what's going on there exactly, but so, that's one positive going into the game so, for the Eagles today. We got a Twitter comment. Sorry, we still haven't gotten that issue fixed up. I don't know if we'll ever get comments back from Twitter. Um, <laughs> I have it next to me at blackline underscore HD here in Denver and ready for the game. That is effing awesome. Um, enjoy Denver, my guy, and, and let yeah, us know what it's like sure. down there. Is there are, are you tailgating already? What's it like? Uh, right. Give us your thoughts for today's game. Uh, but I see Jason and Adam have said, or Jason has said two names that, Scotty, I want to see your thoughts on should yeah. they be more involved when the younger guys aren't stepping up. He mentions Greg Ward and Kenny Gainwell. Now, Kenny Gainwell is one of those younger guys, but since Miles Sanders has been on the IR since he's been out, We've seen not just him drop down the depth chart, but Gainwell dropped down the depth chart as well to number three. I don't understand the correlation there, why he lost his touches in playing time when Miles Sanders went out, when he was number two behind Miles Sanders, and then Greg Ward. Now, I'm not a Greg Ward guy, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's one of those guys that overachieved when there was a year full of practice squatters, and it's like, okay, well, maybe Greg Ward could be a solid number three. And he's probably not even that. But to be honest with you, Jalen Rager's not cutting it. Quez Watkins hasn't cut it so far. So where is Greg Ward? Like what? Like what? I, I'm. I bet Greg Ward can find a way to get open more than those two right now. Yeah, I do agree with that. And, and when and when your quarterback needs someone to rely on to get open, I, I feel like Greg Ward should see, be seeing the field more. Uh, but that, that's just kind of where I'm at. I was all for letting the young guys play early in the year, and grow and see what they got. Well, guess what, guys? We're going on a week 10 today, okay? Yeah. And my young quarterback, my inexperienced quarterback with flaws, needs guys he can rely on, sure-handed guys that can get open on their own. I don't got to draw anything up for you. Now, Greg's not going to be open for eight, nine targets, but he can grab you some balls more than Jalen Rager yeah. or Quez Watkins will in the intermediate stuff. So what are your I thoughts do, yeah. on, on using Gainwell and Greg Wardmore? You know, the, the more you talked about Greg Ward there, I <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, he he could be more reliable in this offense. He could be more valuable in this offense. In reality, he's a he's a guy, you know, he's not overly talented. You mentioned the overachiever, which how did you like that TJ McConnell sauce last night? Because that was very disturbing. That was a very disturbing L in Indiana yesterday with TJ McConnell yeah. telling our fans to sit down. First of um, all, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Talk hold about on. overachievers. Hold on, not overachievers. I hate him. I didn't like him when he was in Philly. I didn't go like pom pom TJ on the bench in his warm ups. I like, knew that was killing you, man. Him, oh, dude, I can't stand talk. You want to talk punchable face? I know people talk about Howie Roseman and his punchable face. TJ McConnell has the most punchable face ever with his hair hanging over his forehead, flopping up and down, telling <laughs> Sixers fans to sit down. Are you serious? Oh, Are you and serious? Bro, they- and they couldn't miss a goddamn shot. It was ridiculous. No. And then, of course, when it's like a four or five point game down the stretch, I don't know what happens. On, on he just gets penetration. Two defenders follow the trail, and Off he gets to the bucket real easy. Layup gets to talk his shit some more during a timeout. And I'm like, yeah. But <laughs> back to back to the more important guy here, Greg Ward. Um, I, I do agree with you. You know, I, I don't think he should come in and just take all of Reger and, and Watkins snaps, but 
in those third down situations, uh, in those crunch time moments, I think he should be the guy that's in there. He's a guy that is a niche player. He he has what he does very well, and, and that's what he does. He's never going to do more. He's never going to do less. And that's just who Greg Ward is. He'll find the open spots in the defense. He gives the quarterback a safety valve, uh, you could say, in that slot position as a wide receiver. So I would give it a shot, you know what I mean, at this point. like. Some type of production. production because, out Scotty, of here's the thing. For all the people that would be like, well, we're in a rebuild year, so d- just let the kids play. That's fine. We've but I also, got a, I also got a more important kid playing that I need to evaluate to a high degree as my quarterback. And I can't evaluate him fairly enough if Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins can't get open to grab two balls each per game. Yeah, so exactly. guess what, Jalen? Not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Rager. You're going to sit next to me today for the most part. And Greg's going to get some playing time. And if there's no difference, then guess what? Jalen's they're, they're getting they're back on the field next week. But at least yeah. see see what the problem is. Are they not getting open, or is no one getting open? Are they all getting open, and Jalen Hurts just isn't seeing the field? I don't know. But give them one week, see what the difference is in the offense, and then go from there. It's not that big a deal to do yeah. it one week in Denver. And I and I like what you said there because you know when it when it gets down to to business and what the Eagles need to do for the future, who's closer to being a guy that's going to be here longer? Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, or Jalen Hurts? Right. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the guy we need to see who he is, and he's the guy that has the chance. He has the opportunity right now to grasp a a, a stronghold on a QB position in a strong market in Philadelphia and at least have it for next season, right? So we need to see what we got in this guy. We don't have time for the struggling Jalen Reger to figure it out. Dude, you were a first-round pick. You get the snaps off of being a first-round pick. You want to make these catches in, in practice and, and talk all of the smack. We don't have time for, for the excuses or whatever's going on with Jalen Reger right now on the football field. Let's move on. Let's try something else. We can try something else on the roster. You can put Jalen Reger in different spots. Try him somewhere else. Not and to we mention, can we're going. We're going over a year running back or something. He, I know he was injured last off. year. I know he was injured last year, but we're going over a year and a half of Jalen Reger now. And, and I'm sorry, um, but for talented number first round wide receivers, it don't take a year and a half to pick up. You get what I'm saying? Quarterbacks. You can use the excuse a little bit. DBs, you can use the excuse. Defensive linemen, offensive linemen. Wide receivers, for the most part, you got it or you don't. Just in terms of being able to get open. I'm not talking about like elevating him to Pro Bowl level, like superstar. Bro, I'm asking you to get open and catch a football. Not have negative to, uh, six yards on a, on a game day. I would love to go and, you know, just look it over and see and like just compare John Hightower, Quez Watkins, and Jalen Reger like right beside each other. Their Scotty, so far. Scotty, can I promise you I'd something? I'd love to do that. Can I promise you something? If John Hightower was called up and played today, he would catch more balls. Than I think Jalen so Reger. too. I think so too. He, he at least gets open deep. I, I just know he would. Why not? And get I know that it's like, oh, it's John Hightower. Yeah, John Hightower stinks too. But guess what? I'm tired of one catch for negative six yards, two catches for 19 yards, zero catches. Jalen, I'm tired of it. Exactly. Jason said, I said it last week. He's not a first-round pick. He's not a second-round pick. Hell, he's not even a third or a fourth-round pick at this point. He is a bona fide 
bust at this point already. I can already declare it where he was drafted and and his production and he throughout a year and a half, he is a bust. I see no signs of him getting better. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He would have to have like a colossal turnaround in order to yes. not be a bust at this point. He's like dug a hole. And it's amazing that he could do that on a team God, that's not that good. Here's the getting bad all thing. the opportunities in the world. Here's the bad thing. If Jalen Rager went out and had five catches for 65 yards and touchdown, I would fall out of my chair. That would be an <laughs> God game, yeah. And I five catches for sixty five yards, and a toddy ain't ain't nothing for a twenty for the twentieth overall pick. So like that, that's my point. Hit like his ceiling to me would be like that. When realistically, it need it, it you know you would hope that he could grab six seven balls, a hundred yards in a game, grab yeah. a touchdown. Like he he's nowhere near that. Which, all we're looking for is positive yards at this yeah. point. I'm telling you, his it, it's he's been such an underwhelming player. Um, I, I I was watching him in college, and you you look at the highlight reels, you look at some of the plays that he made. It's just he he was uber athletic. He was fast, like not just quick. He was fast. Different game. And not, I just don't see it. I don't. Well, that's see why it. I always laugh. And listen again. Obviously, these play these dudes come from somewhere. They come from the college game, right? It's a different game. It's different speeds. Some guys have it for the next level. Some guys don't. So that's why I crack up when I hear people call on Sport Talk Radio or tweet. Well, I watched him in college, and he was. It doesn't matter. It does not. You just. You just. Talk, you just set it up perfectly right there. You yeah. watch him at TCU. You watch what he did with the ball in his hands, punt returning, everything like that. Different speed of the game. Different. Different game. It's a different ball game when you get up to when you get up to the NFL. You have it or you don't. He don't have it. You know, uh, and I'm just more so than anything, bro. Just stop, like, just shut this, shut the yap, stay off of social media, do your business, get your paychecks, do whatever you got to do. My issue is I get triggered, as as Jalen just said, uh, as Jason just said down there, I get triggered when he has a one catch for negative six yards game and then go post on Instagram his jersey with his name on it. And, uh, watch how he overcomes the yachts, bro. Shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> like. Uh, I can't take it, but Scotty, yeah. all right, we got We do got to move on. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, Jason's comments got me like reminiscing down there. You know that that draft night. I, I just want to throw this in there. That draft night when we drafted Jalen Rager, I was just sitting there watching Justin Jefferson, who was the best wide receiver in college football that season. Can I ask you seriously? Fall into our laps, and so we take the guy that's unproven. The, so the we can the do we not at the powerhouse. College, you know that. Yeah. yeah, we we can do a whole show on it. It's just just an idea, though. Something that I would like to look back on, because you you mentioned that 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 draft night when they selected him was and it was during COVID, so everyone's strapped in their house. They're ready for the draft. It's a beam of bright light. It's a ray of light, right? And you hear him announced, and it's like you just it just sucked. Like you knew who was there, and it's him. And then what happened on day two? Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Okay. So let me ask you. Was that the biggest colossal failure? Was that the worst draft that the Eagles could have possibly had that year? Is that the worst draft in recent memory for the Eagles because of what turned out? Again, this isn't a Carson Wentz show. I'm not defending Carson Wentz. He was horrible last year. But if there's no Jalen Hurts draft pick, 
there is no debacle. drama, debacle, Carson wants out, everything going on behind closed doors. There is none of that. So we went from Super Bowl, division champs the year before. He has a bad year. And in that one draft, you selected a complete bust in the first round over Justin Jefferson. And in the second round, you started this chain reaction of what caused Wensylvania at one point out of town for this kid who doesn't look to have it. And the who would the I biggest, rather have? Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, Carson freaking the biggest, Wentz. The biggest conundrum of it all is, you know, the the thought that okay, if you don't like Justin Jefferson, I'm sure you like Ceedee Lamb. Right. So you could have traded the second round pick of Jalen Hurts to move up to take C.D. Lamb, and we we it's another conversation. So it's like pick your poison. We could add Justin Jefferson, who was pro- – he was the best wide receiver in college that year coming out. Then you had C.D. Lamb, who was, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the draft coming out. Didn't go either way there. Buddy, Just stay right there. These are two draft classes following the year that he took J.Jaw. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think Jalen Jalen Rager Jalen Rager wouldn't be catching this much heat if the J Jaw pick wasn't made above DK Metcalf the year before. Because now it's like it's a common thing every single year. And again, I love Devontae Smith, and hopefully he we got this one right. And I'm glad how he made this selection, but that does not excuse his previous selections. And it's just a conversation we can we can think on it and have it another time. When we're running through these picks, that chain reaction that was set off in the 2020 draft may have been the worst possible outcome for the Eagles in the moment and in the future. Because look at where we're at now and and what who knows what would have been. Yeah. Like Jason, look, could you imagine it's, Carson it's Wentz, those. Carson Wentz, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and Devontae Smith? And it's like yeah. I know that sounds insane, but right. guess what? If he just says their name. It's the truth. It's it's it becomes real. All he had to do was write their name down, and that's the thing. Like I I know that it wouldn't have all played out exactly the same, you know, if he but makes decisions like in the moment. Because it's like if you get DK Metcalf, that right, makes right. Crazy. you're probably not taking Justin Jefferson in the first. You round. know what I mean? Like it, it those players translate to success, so it, it probably wouldn't have worked out with Devontae. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. it's like look how many opportunities that it took to finally get a good – what we think is going to be one of those elite wide receivers. Well, He's got some proven as well, but he at least looks the part so far. And it took him how many picks for us to get a quality wide receiver finally. It's, it's a bit ridiculous. I, I, I say it all the time. Like, I wish I could be that bad at my job and keep my job. That's 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 my life. Leave um, yeah, let's get to predictions and then we'll move on to our midterm grades and get on with the show. Um, what do you got for me today, Scott? I believe the Broncos are point and a half or two and a half point favorites at this point right now, um, yeah. which doesn't scream much, seeing being that it's in Denver. That sh- that's kind of t- that's kind of an Eagles line uh, from a gambling perspective. If you're only a point and a half on the road, you're yeah. the favorite technically because normally the home team gets three points. Um, so what do you got? Um, it, you know, like I said, I have a bad feeling today. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that maybe what I say here will kind of 
you know, give give like karma and like spark a, the opposite to happen, right? Like I'm hoping that by me saying they're going to lose today that they'll come out and win. Um, but I do – I have the Eagles losing to Denver. Um, in Denver, I think, you know, you're playing in that high altitude. It's in Denver's home crowd. They're going to they're gonna really have it turned up in there after a, a great showing against Dallas last week. I think Denver wins 23-16. I think the offense struggles today. Um, but prove me wrong. That's what I'm hoping for. But, you know, just yeah. gut feeling right now, it's going to be a rough one. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are – you guys want to go out there and embarrass yourselves? That's fine. I ain't going down with that sinking ship. So I ain't putting my name out there picking the Eagles to win today until you prove me otherwise. You have done nothing to tell me that I should trust a pick in you today. Yeah. I think Denver Broncos win as well. I think it's a rough day for the offense as well. I don't think the Eagles will be able to stop the run whatsoever today. That's um, I, I know Denver has – I think Vic Fangio won't even be there. I think he's, he's dealing with COVID stuff. I know they might be – they are missing two corners or whatever today. Yeah, I Pat, get all that. So Pat Shermer is Pat the one with Shermer, the offensive coordinator. Pat yeah, Pat so Shermer. he won't be there for sure. Yeah, and they they do got some offensive linemen out too. But. So you know, you the line, the injuries, the COVID, it all screams Eagles' favor. I still think they struggle today. I think for that one step forward last week offensively that we saw with Hertz and Sirianni, I think it's one step forward, two steps back. Um, I think they get there. I think they get beat up today. I don't see the Eagles putting up more than 17 or 20 points today. I'm yeah. going to go Denver 24, Eagles 17, 20 something, 24 17, I'll call it. Um, I just, I have, I have no faith in that pick. We're right um, around the Eagles. There. Yeah, the, I, I, can't, I can't do it. The last thing I'll ask you about this game. Is there any successful outcome where the Eagles lose? Like, is there any success in today's game where yeah. the Eagles come out and they play well, yeah. but they lose? Yeah, and I think it's all on the offensive side, right? So, like, the defense, there's pieces on the defense, but we know those are more so aging pieces. And for the most part, if this keeps up, Gannon's not going to be here next year, for, you yeah. would hope, right? So, yeah. the defense, I think the worst thing that could happen today is that either both sides looking bad would be the worst thing. The second worst thing would be the offense looking bad, but the de like a Carolina game where the defense yeah. keeps them in it, turns Teddy over three times. Because now it's like, okay, the, e the defense just looked like the worst defense in the league last year. Now they do this against this team on the road, and the offense can't do anything. But I think a positive with a loss would be if the offense looked good. If, yeah. if Sirianni called a good game, if he was balanced. If if Jalen Hurts, you know, was, was accurate today and put yeah. up a little bit of numbers. If Devontae Smith had a nice day or Goddard. Those would be positives in a loss. I think the worst thing that can happen again is a loss, and both sides of the ball get their asses whooped, or a loss, and that but the defense looks better than the offense. I yeah, think that's one two steps forward, one step forward, two steps back. That's what I'm worried that's going to happen. You know, is that the the defense will have a, a pretty good showing. You know, they'll get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, maybe force an interception. Um, but ultimately, they won't be able to score points for the offense, and the offense will struggle so much, and uh, it'll be one of those you know tight losses. But that is my biggest worry with this game today. Yeah, man. All right, Scotty. Let's. We both got the yeah. uh, Eagles losing today. Let's move <laughs> on to our midterm grades. So basically, these are these are our tiers at the midway point of the NFL season: tier A, B, C, D, F, just like grades in school. And we will go – let's start F and we'll go all the way up to A. Yeah. But, Scotty, who's in your tier F? 
Yeah, so what I'll do um, as we go through the tiers, I'll, I'll give my tiers, like all the teams in it, and then I'll just talk about maybe one team briefly, um, you know, that maybe surprised me that they're in this tier. Um, so tier F, I do have the Dolphins, F on the year, three and seven. New York Jets, obviously, two and six. They're having a quarterback issue, even though they just drafted one. Um, Jacksonville, two and six. Uh, F, obviously, Trevor Lawrence has been struggling this year. Urban Meyer's a joke. Um, Houston Texans, whatever the hell's going on in Houston, they're one and eight. Um, the Washington football team at two and six, I also gave them an F. And the Lions at 0 and 8, obviously an F. You can't even get a win with your new coach. Um, but the Washington football team is my surprise from the F tier. A team that we thought would be competing to win the NFC East with the Cowboys this year. They come out, they're the worst team in the NFC East. Only two wins on the season. Quarterback situation sketchy with Taylor Heineke starting. Ryan Fitzpatrick was injured early. Um, and just overall disappointment from the Washington football team. That's what I got in my F tier there. All right. So for my F tier, I don't have Washington down at the F. Um, I don't have them much higher, but I kept them out <laughs> of the F just because I think they are better than these uh, five teams I have down here. Now, did you do it a little differently? Did you go by division? Um, what do you mean? Like, how many teams did you put in each tier? Like, do you have a set amount of teams? Or you oh, just so no, I didn't have, like, okay. a set amount. I just yeah, me put neither. whoever me neither. I thought, you know what okay. I mean? Yeah. All right, so for tier F, I had the Lions as well. Um, I had the Dolphins as well, um, even though they just beat the Baltimore Ravens. I had the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then I have the New York Jets and the Houston Texans. I think those are your worst five teams in all of the National Football League. Yep. Um, no so team. Well, obviously, Miami's up to three wins now, but – Miami is just not a very good team. Maybe they could be a D right now. Probably, you know, it, it sounds weird to say it that they just beat I think, the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night, but they, we know what they are, I feel like. With Miami, you know, I think where the F comes in for me is, you know, the, the way that they've handled Tua, the rumors with Deshaun Watson, just ruining that offense in general where I thought, you know, Tua's not the greatest quarterback in my eyes, obviously. But I thought he could be a manager, at least, in that offense with those weapons that they have there. And they, they've just totally messed up that entire situation. You have Jacoby Brissett starting over. It, it's, like, turned into the same situation they had with Ryan Fitzpatrick into it last season. So it, it's just so weird. And I thought they've just really they, they've really messed that team up. They should have been more successful this year as well. I'm with you, dude. I think me and you had them finishing at second in the AFC East before the yeah. season started. I'm Obviously, sure. all depended on Tua, and Tua has yeah. severely underachieved and also dealing For with injuries sure. again. But, um, yeah, so, again, Detroit, Houston, Miami, Jacksonville, and the Jets. Um, it doesn't get no worse than those teams. <laughs> certainly. Um, and when I look at my Tier D, it's like, okay, are these teams even with them? And it's just – not really. So that's F for me, Scotty. What do you got for Tier D? So Tier D, there are there's a there's a few surprises in here that you 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 may find. Um, so I'll start, you know, with the ones that I don't find as as surprising. So I have the New York Giants. Uh, they're three and six right now. I do have the Eagles as well in there as a D, three and six. Um, I got the Bears three and six. Uh, just the same thing. The way they've handled their quarterback situation is so sketchy in Chicago there. And Matt Nagy is terrible as a head coach. Um, the other the other teams I have, I have Seattle and the 49ers, um, which they were they were kind of expected. The thing with the 49ers is I, I think they should just go ahead and give Trey Lance a shot here. 
Yeah. Um, see what you got in that first round pick. Jimmy G's not cutting it. You're not going to win the division. So find out what you got in your young quarterback. Um, the other team, I don't know if I said the Panthers. I do have the Panthers in there as well. Sam Darnold has fell flat on his face. Um, but the surprise, I guess you would say, would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, obviously, the Chiefs are five and four. They're not, you know, nearly. I, it's hard for me to say they're nearly as bad as some of these teams, but they they have looked really bad at yeah. times this season. Um, even even the other night, who who were they playing? They only scored thirteen points on them, and it was the uh, it was the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and we just barely beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Um, five and four in the season, just completely a blunder to me. I, I don't, I don't know what exactly happened with that offense. The defense has never been that great, but the offense has never turned the ball over like this, been unable to score points. Um, at least, you know, 25, 30 points a game is what we're used to from Kansas city. So that rounds out my D tier, man. And I, I know that may be a little bit of a surprise, but they've fallen from grace. Yeah, so the, the Chiefs I don't have in Tier D, but I don't have them much higher. I'll just give you a little uh, prelude there. But for the Tier D, this is basically the NFC East for me. Um, I got Philly, the Giants, and Washington all in Tier D. Um, They are, you know, bottom 20-some in the league. I, I don't think they're at – like, if, if Washington or the Giants played the Texans or the Jags or the Lions, I think they'd beat them. Yeah. Um, I think that both teams are okay enough defensively and they can make enough plays offensively to beat those teams. So I don't, I wouldn't group them with them, but yeah, that that's tier D. And then also I have the Carolina Panthers in there, which were a, a hot name early in the year, Scotty and me, sure. you were high on them before the year started. McCaffrey goes down with an injury, Sam Donald and that perfect fit. We were preaching. He has just looked not even pedestrian. I don't even know what to call Sam Darnold in that unit right now. And then also the Chicago Bears. Now, I could see why the Bears could be um, in the C tier. I know they just played the Pittsburgh Steelers really hard. Justin Fields had a nice game. He's looking a little promising there. Uh, but I just don't think the Bears are that good of a team. Their head coach and their play caller is a problem for me. Uh, so I think the Bears are grouped in that tier D for me. Yeah, no, that that sounds exactly right, and yeah, that's kind of my issue with the Bears as well. They they just got a lot of a lot of drama in in Chicago there, which is yeah. is never a good sign. Um, the question down there: Would you put a hundred bucks on the go Tom Brady running for seven yards? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't, man. I, I honestly no. wouldn't. <laughs> so that was a that was an easy one, but uh, tier C for me. Um, so I'll start with the ones, you know, that may not surprise you, and then I'll kind of get to the better ones there. So tier C, I do have the Vikings at three and five, which the reason I have them there is that they've actually played some tough competition, been in close games. They've lost a ton of close games to get that that those five losses on the season. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm impressed by their offense, and their defense has been pretty stout this, this season as well. Um, I have the Atlanta Falcons at four and four in the C tier. New head coach. They're uh, missing Calvin Ridley, but they're starting to get the offense turned around. They're starting to play a lot better football. Um, they're sitting at 500 right now. I have the Colts sitting at four and five. Up and down season for them. I think, you know, Carson Wentz has turned it around this season, but the rest of the team needs to catch up, right? Yeah. Like, okay, he has those blunders at the end of the game, um, which obviously are inexcusable. Well, but that happened one time. It's one time, right? Like, yeah. he had, what, two interceptions on the season? Like, you, you can't put the blame on Carson Wentz. The rest of the team's got to play better. That's what he went there for. Um, Denver, who would play today, five and four. 
Um, I have them at the C there. Like I said, they've they've just played the schedule that they've been given. They lose to the teams they're supposed to. They beat the teams that they're supposed to as well. Um, the Bengals, they fell from grace really fast. Yeah. It's a team I was pretty high on um, probably two weeks ago, right, before they got smashed by the, the Ravens. Yeah. And, or No, they smashed the Ravens. They smashed the Ravens, and then they dropped two straight. And then lost and got smashed by the Browns. Um, so five and four, I got them sitting there. They've had an up-and-down season. Browns, another team I got sitting there in the C tier at five and four. Um, just underperforming. Obviously, Baker's been dealing with injuries. They had the situation with OBJ. I'm interested to see if they can turn this, uh, turn it around. They're not out of the division by any means. Um, they can simply just play better the rest of the season and end up winning that division if they if they want to. Um, but I, I just want to see more from the defense, the more stout defense, and just the balance with the offense again. But their their running backs have been beat up, so part of this is injuries playing into uh, factor for the Browns. But that is my C tier there. All right, man. I got all the same teams as you. I have a little bit more. This is the chunk tier. For me, this is the middle of the pack. This is solid, good football teams in this pack. They're not, yeah. you know, tier D or F. But to me, A is obviously the cream of the crop, the real true contenders. B is yeah. right there, Um, you know, could be contenders. I don't know. So C is there's a lot here. So I have the Broncos, the Colts, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Browns. I have all them as well, uh, just like you had. Uh, I had the the Chiefs there. Um, like I said, I don't have a much higher than a D. I know they're underperforming, but they do have a winning record. Yeah. I think they're a middle of the pack team. I have the Niners, uh, the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. Now, the Seahawks have kind of found themselves kind of afloat a little bit. They're not going to make a playoff run or anything, but they're a decent team. Russell Wilson's coming back. Um, you know, they're right there. The Saints, they lose their and have a they lose their quarterback and have a tough QB situation. Alvin Kamara, I think, is out today. Um, but their defense is just really good. They're gonna be, you know, they're gonna lose some games. They're gonna be around a 500 team, probably. The Niners, not a great record, but I think we know they're just kind of an they're an average middle of the pack team. They they keep flip-flopping between Jimmy G and, and Trey Lance. There's injuries there. Um, but I think they're an average team. The Patriots, um, I could see putting them maybe in tier B, uh, but with that rookie QB, they win games, you know, they probably shouldn't, and then they lose games that they should win. Um, I got the Patriots there. Anything else? Oh, and I also have the Steelers there as well. Um, okay. Big Ben is a colossal disaster right now. <laughs> that defense yeah. is really good. Najee Harris is really good. And, again, they're just it, – it's just an average team. They're, they're an okay – they're a good football team. They're not too bad. They're not too good. The Bengals and the Browns are the ones that stick out to me in this in this tier for myself yeah. as well, uh, like you laid out. The Browns, obviously, were supposed to be in that tier A to B uh, before yeah. the year started, dealing with a whole mess of injuries early. They had a tough schedule to start the year, get hit with the injury bug bad. Now Nick Chubb's back out with COVID. And the Bengals, you want to talk about a team that you know I you know, was in tier B for a long time, leading the AFC North Division 5-2, and two, beat the dog shit out of Lamar and the Ravens. And then you lose to Mike White and the Jets. And then you drop another one to the Browns last week in bad fashion. You're coming off a bye. So they've really dropped off too. So that, that's my tier C. I have – what do I have in here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I have about 12 teams in tier C. <laughs> I got um, you. That's a, and I mean, that's probably about right. I may be being a little harsh and a little – No, nah, you're good. It's just the middle of, of the pack for me, Scotty. <laughs> We got another comment down here. Uh, Michael Carter from the Jets or James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Robinson is questionable to play. I have him on one of my fantasy teams. What I would say, uh, Michael Carter's playing Buffalo Bills, which I believe have the number one rushing defense in the NFL. Um, if Robinson is a go, I would probably play him. The heel injury wasn't something significant, so it's not something that should hinder him if he does actually play. Um, but yeah, I would I would go with Robinson if uh, if he's playing. But if you if you, I, I'm not sure when the times play out. If you have time to see that before Michael Carter would play, yeah. Um, I have. I don't think James Robinson is going to play. I think they're going to be a little hesitant with him. Um, so I'd probably go with Michael Carter. Who are the Jets playing today, Scotty? Buffalo. So it's no. a rough. But yeah, they don't have. They have limited options, and they're all. So that's a Michael Carter is going to get the ball too. Um, like yeah. Scotty said, they have limited options. Whether it's in the, you know, he he's going to get touches today. And James Robinson, I have him in our DSM league. At some weeks, he puts up 20, 25 points. But Urban just doesn't use him the way that Jacksonville should use him. He doesn't help yeah. Trevor Lawrence out nearly enough with that stud running back. Um, so this week, I'd, I'd probably go with Michael Carter. Even if James Robinson plays, that injury was almost really severe. They were lucky it wasn't. You run at risk of him doing something, with being cautious yeah. with them, not playing a lot. So I'd probably go Michael Carter today. Gotcha. Yeah. So Michael Scott, Carter, who? Michael Carter's been solid, but yeah, just a very bad team. Yeah, um, for sure. Who do you got in tier B? This one's interesting to me. Tier B is interesting. So I have some of the teams that you had from tier C. Um, so in tier B, I did have New Orleans. Now that's that's up for discussion just because their quarterback situation is so shaky. Um, but I guess I kind of use that as kind of a forgiving factor that they're actually five and three with that shaky quarterback situation. Um, I also have the Steelers and in the B tier as well. Um, same similar situation. They're playing with a struggling Ben Roethlisberger. They're still sitting in competition for that division. Um, and then New England is another team that you hadn't see that I have in B. Um, who I just I, I think they're just overachieving right now. And you look at their matchup this week, which I'm going to get into right after this. Um, but they play the Cleveland Browns at, uh, this week. And it's really their moment. You know, obviously it's a moment for the Browns to get back on track, really put together some wins here against teams they should beat. This is also the significant win that the New England Patriots are looking for in the season. And it's a team that, you know, Bill Belichick has familiarity with. So that'll be an interesting matchup this week. Um, the other teams that I have in the B tier, I have the Las Vegas Raiders at 5-3. and three. Um, I have the L.A. Chargers at 5-3. and three. I have the Ravens, who are now six and four. So that's a conversation as well, because I made this. Uh, I, I don't know if I made this before or after. Before or after, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, but it, none, nonetheless, I got the Ravens in there um, in the B, and then the Bills. I also have a, at five and three. Now the Bills are, are another team you can have a conversation about because I think they are a contender. I think they are up there with those other teams in the A group as far as having a real chance of winning the Super Bowl. But just some confusing losses this season, up and down season so far. Yeah, man. All right, so we have some similar ones here as well. So I, I do have the Ravens here. Um, I know they just lost a very bad game on the road to Miami, but they're still a tier B team. They're probably going to win that division most likely, but I just don't think they're over the hump as far as contenders go. I have the Bills in this tier as well. Um, again, you would think the team that you know they might be the favorites in the AFC, especially with the way the Chiefs are playing, uh, the Derrick Henry energy, uh, injury, 
but you just can't drop games that they're dropping, especially yeah. to the Jacksonville Jaguars in which you score yeah. six points. Uh, cannot happen. You're in tier B for right now. The Tennessee Titans, um, I'd love to put them in tier A. I know we talked to Advance on Thursday, and we, we said, you know, they're real. They are. Uh, but I don't trust their defense enough over the course of the rest of the season and into the playoffs to be true contenders with Ryan Tannehill, no Derrick Henry. Now, I know Derrick Henry could make a comeback, you know, maybe the last week of the season or so. Right. Uh, but without Derrick Henry, Julio Jones just went on the IR. They just don't have enough, in my opinion, for Ryan Tannehill to play hero ball and that defense to just stay afloat. I think they're a very good team. I think they're going, they're, you know, they're going to win their division most likely, but I got them in tier B. The Chargers, I also have here as well. Talk about a team that started off hot, kind of like the Bengals. They've cooled off since uh, severely, but I still think they are a good team. Um, they got a good pass rush. They have weapons offensively with Justin Herbert. Same goes for the Raiders. Very good team right now. One of those teams is going to win that division, uh, but I don't think either or is a true Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender. And then I do have the Dallas Cowboys. I, I understand the argument for them in Tier A. You can't lose to the Denver Broncos last week with Dak back. Um, that defense, it's that defense is going to be confusing. We're going to learn a lot about them over the second half of this season, yeah. Scotty, because for a defense that started off so hot and raised a lot of eyebrows, and you know Trevon Diggs, defensive player of the year, and has seven picks already. Well, you're starting to see teams use that against him and use that use that you know energy against him and hit him with double moves week in and week out, and they're hitting Scotty. So that defense is something to keep an eye on. Um, so that that wraps up my tier B. Interesting. No, that that's I mean all very good points. So I guess for tier A for me, um, we have a, a couple different ones, and I think you probably have less than me in the tier A at this point. I have. Um, I'll tell you. Sorry. Oops. I have four teams in tier A. Yeah, and I have six. I mean, it makes sense. So the the two outliers are going to be the Titans and Dallas, who I have in tier right. A here. Um, so Titans, you know, just as far as what they've been dealt and, and who they've played, they've had a pretty tough schedule so far this season. Um, but then they've had, you know, the confusing losses. I think they lost to the Jets, too. Um, so, you know, they've had these very confusing outings, um, and I think they got blasted by the Cardinals week one. Um, but nonetheless, they're sitting at seven and two. They got control of their division. They're at the top of the AFC. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep up. Cause like you said, they're, they're depleted on offense. Their defense was shaky to begin with. Um, the pass rush is coming around, but is that going to be consistent? Right. So that's to be determined. Um, Dallas. Yeah. That, that was a blunder against, uh, Denver. The only other loss was against Tampa Bay, who we both agree are Super Bowl contenders, if not favorites. Um, but they went, they went on a six-game win streak. Now, like you said, it's going to be interesting how this defense plays out because there's people talking about that defense is back. They, they you know, filled everything with the draft. People are starting to adjust. They're starting to play them differently. They're starting to figure the Cowboys out. So we'll see if they can adjust themselves and if Dak is actually healthy, if he can stay healthy because um, he's looked very questionable himself. Um, the other four teams, which I, I believe are going to be the same as you, I have Green Bay 7-2. and two. They're getting Aaron Rodgers back this week. They're going to be just fine. Um, Arizona 8-1. and one. They should get Kyler Murray back this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably won't get DeAndre Hopkins back, but they, they get A.J. Green. They got Rondell Moore there. They're, they got weapons. Zach Ertz. Um, Tampa Bay, they're steady, as always. It's going to be Tom Brady's in the MVP conversation. They got a tough defense. They're going to be right there, although they are down a few receivers themselves. Um, he's out, yeah. AB and Gronk, I believe. And then 
the Rams. So the Rams just lost Robert Woods, but luckily enough, they have OBJ. So he's going to step in right there. He's going to have a role immediately. And uh, I think the Rams will be fine. It was it was a beautiful move. I, I, and I hate, you know, the idea of karma of signing OBJ and then Robert Woods going down like literally two days later. But you brought him in for a reason, and now he's going to be able to fulfill that to the fullest. Um, so I'm glad OBJ will actually get the opportunity to be a volume uh, receiver in that offense. Rams are, are going all in. They're 7-2. and two, They're yeah. ready to go. Um, and they should only get better in my eyes. Yeah, so cool cat thirty. We are on TikTok actually, uh, at DSM Media. Just that's it at DSM Media. If you want to hit that follow button for us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, it, it it's a it's a learning curve with TikTok. I gotta it get is. used to it. it. <laughs> um, I try to clip up some things and, and put them out there, but yeah, for sure, definitely have to. Definitely, uh, if you have, have TikTok, my TikTok game on. Shoot us a follow, and we'll definitely follow you back. Though yeah. maybe we can learn from you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, and uh, yeah, tier tier A is for the teams you mentioned. Uh, they are all NFC teams, so I guess that's kind of where it can go, right? Uh, obviously, yeah. the Bills or the Titans, you would think, are going to be the representatives in the AFC. But when I I'm talking, who can truly win the championship with yeah. those injuries, with the way the Bills are up and down against bad teams? That's just where I'm at right now. Now, in a few weeks, if the Bills start rolling teams over again, well, Josh Allen and company are going to be back in the conversation. Uh, yeah. But this is my this is my midterm grade for them. So yes, I have the Cardinals and Rams out of the NFC West, the Packers out of the NFC North, and I had the Bucks in the NFC South as my tier A for all the reasons you listed, Scotty. They yeah. they are well balanced teams. They both have really high powered offense ho- offenses with really really good defenses. Yeah. The Rams probably them and the Bucks are probably the most balanced, uh, but the Packers defense has really stepped up and surprised me. Yeah. For Don't sure. I said it on Thursday? Do not underestimate what happened, what transpired this past week with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, is he in the wrong? Yeah, he's in the wrong for for you know the false falsely being vaccinated yeah. and then some of the things he went out on, on podcast and said. But I don't think he expected to get the backlash he did. I don't think he met them in like any bad way or any like try to throw it off of uh, blame off of him. Um, and I think he's pissed off. And I'm telling you now, you don't want that problem. <laughs> From a football perspective, you don't want to pissed off Aaron Rodgers. But the way this team's playing all around, no, nah, not it for me. Um, and then the Cardinals, of course. That that offense, they're going to get healthy. They are so high-powered. The fact that they beat up on, on the 49ers, who I have in Tier C last week, without Kyler and D-Hop yeah. is unbelievable to me. I believe that was in San Fran. I could be wrong, but I think that was think in was San Fran as well. Fran. Um, really impressive. So yeah, th- those are the fourteen, and then the goat. I mean, come on, they yeah. have a great pass rush, great linebackers, weapons all around the goat, defending Super Bowl champs. They're going to be right back in the thick of things, and in the playoffs, it's hard. It's hard to bet against that man. So yeah, yep, th- those are my tier A. Um, fun little fun little segment we did there, and then maybe in a few weeks, um, maybe not the end of the season, but just in a four or five weeks, we can look back, um, yeah, and see. Better and see how our tiers are shaping up then see if we have any adjustments to them. But all right, Scotty, we are at an hour and eight right now, uh, <laughs> a little past what we expected probably. So before we get it, wrap up with picks and picks, what is your game of the week this week for everyone to keep an eye out for, and what are you looking excited for in this game? Yes, sir. So I, I mentioned it earlier, the game that I'm looking at this week, which there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of options, if I'm being honest. 
Um, but I'm looking at the five and four Browns versus the five and four New England Patriots. Uh, New England it are is two and a half uh, point favorites against the Browns today. It is a home game, which, like you said, um, usually that that three point mark, three and a half point mark is usually with the home. Um, so technically, the Browns are a little bit favored in this game. Um, so what I'm looking at in this game, can New England grab their first signature win of the season? The Browns are a team that we would probably agree at the beginning of the season. We consider them legit contenders. Still think they're contenders. They just need to kind of turn it up a notch. Uh, but they are missing their running backs. They're missing Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb today. So Ernest Johnson will get the start. Um, the other thing I'm looking at, can the Browns get back on track after OBJ? Uh, they beat the shit out of Cincinnati Bengals last week. Can they continue that success? Um, and can can the defense get in, you know, Mac Jones' head? Um, can Miles Garrett get his hands on him? I'm looking at Mac Jones versus Baker Mayfield. Um, something that was noted was how much the Patriots actually wanted Baker Mayfield in his draft. Um, you know, even when they had Tom Brady, they were really looking hard at Baker Mayfield. He was taken number one overall and killed that dream. Um, so they should have a pretty good profile of Baker Mayfield. Um, and the only other thing regarding this game, so if New England wins, I believe they'll be one game back of Buffalo in that division. Now, if Buffalo wins today as well, then I, I believe they would still keep that separation. But um, something to note there, the Patriots creeping up on Buffalo in that division. And uh, as far as my prediction for the game, I do have the Browns winning 24-20. Uh, to 20, So they take care of business and shut all of that down. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, we appreciate the follow, man, and we appreciate the tip. We will definitely look into doing stuff like that. I see that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, but, Scotty, me and you and whoever else at DSM Media can – want to chalk yeah. up the time do a quick video it could be a lot of fun and we'll make a we, plan we'll make a plan for TikTok. Appreciate the tip. yeah man that's cool cat yeah um as far as my game of the week goes i'll give a little shout out to monday night football um obviously i think the rams are going to win that game in san fran over the 49ers but the debuts of obj and von miller yeah. is going to be something to watch out for and see how that, that offense can pick things back up after the loss last week to the titans uh there are a couple good games this week but i, I gotta go with the return man the return of both QBs, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, square off today. <laughs> Seattle and Green Bay. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Russ looks like coming off a couple week um, hiatus, we can call it, with that with that thumb or finger injury um, yeah. that he just got repaired. And then, obviously, like I said, the Aaron Rodgers revenge score starts today at Lambeau. Um, so it'll be it'll be very interesting. What is Seattle's three and five at the moment? So Seattle, technically, Scotty. Is still in the mix for, for a low wild card spot. Yeah. Um. With when you're seeing how the bottom of the NFC is playing out, the Saints just lost their quarterback. Who knows what happens there? I believe the Falcons are the four seed and or the seven seed, and they are four and four, four, four. or five. And, yeah. yeah. So that that spot's wide open. You get Russ back. So so let's see what happens. And then, like I said, but I do like the Packers to win that game today. You don't piss off that dude. Um. Devontae Adams obviously back like he was last week. So, uh, yeah, I like the Packers in that one. All right, Scotty, before we wrap up today's show and get to our sponsor, let's talk pigskin picks. I am on a rough patch right now. Um, I don't know about yourself, but I'll start it off here. Uh, I'll give you my lock first. My lock today is a team that is coming off a loss and a bye week. So they lost two weeks ago, got a bye this week. And they just so happen to have the greatest of all time playing at his position. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Washington football team. Um, you again, I wouldn't. I said it Thursday. I didn't know who they played. I would not want to be the team 
that plays Tom Brady coming off a bye, which followed a loss. Guarantee you over the last two weeks, Tom has watched a lot of film and has put in a lot of work, and he's extremely pissed off, and he wants to get back in the win column. Uh, so I got the Bucks today over Washington as my lock. Got you, got you. So, yeah, I was I was going between a few teams. I, de- I definitely thought of that game. Um, I thought of the Bills. I can't remember who they're – oh, they're playing the Jets today. So I thought about taking them. It's like, ah, no, <laughs> not making that same mistake of picking the Bills. Um, against a team that, the, the, you know, like the Jets have surprised some teams this year. Um, and then the other one, I can't remember who the Jags are playing, but I, I made sure I'm not going to pick against the Jags this week either because that bit me when I picked the Bills over the Jags. Um, so I went Arizona over the Panthers. Uh, Arizona's 10-point favorite. Kyler Murray should be back. Now, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, that's like kind of the ender there. We'll put a little asterisk next to it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the question mark there. But uh, I think Arizona, you know, the Panthers are on a downward spiral right now. Um, I think they're kind of falling apart. They just brought back in Cam Newton, so we'll see. I doubt he plays today. Um, that would be kind of no. wild uh, for a quarterback to play that quick. So um, no Cam Newton. I, I don't even know. I think it's like P.J. Walker's or their backup quarterback there. So, um, yeah, good luck to the Panthers today. I think the Cardinals take care of business. I completely forgot about that when, when speaking on Carolina and our tears. I completely forgot that Darnold is <laughs> down and out and that Cam is yeah. returning home. <laughs> All right. Now here's my upset. I, I was looking at a couple different routes with this one. There's no clear upset today to me. But I'm going to go with a little bit closer game to a team that has played tough as of late. First of all, what's going on? Thank you for tapping in. Um, But I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings over the Chargers. Um, Again, we we saw firsthand what that Chargers rush defense looks like. Um, They are bottom of the NFL, near the bottom of the NFL against the rush. Dalvin Cook. Um, if I am the Minnesota Vikings, I am pounding the rock yeah. down LA's throat on the road, and I'll let Kirk pick his spots. Um, not a Kirk Cousins guy, middle of the pack kind of quarterback, but if you rely on Dalvin Cook, get the play action involved. Uh, I think Minnesota can turn over Justin Herbert today. He's had a, he's had interception issues as of late, uh, obviously before his yeah. 85% completion percentage against the Eagles last week, of course, but yeah. Um, I got the Vikings over the uh, Chargers as my lock. Upset. Upset, I'm sorry. Yes, upset. And I do – I actually <laughs> like that because uh, you, you, you talk about the recipe to beat L.A., and that is certainly the right one. Um, my upset, I'll, I'll stay consistent here. I got the Browns over the Patriots. Okay. Um, the Patriots are favored two and a half points at home. Um, Pats honestly shouldn't be favored in this game. I need a win. So <laughs> – they honestly shouldn't be favored today. I do think it'll be a close game because the Pats have played uh, sturdy this year. But the Browns are the better team. I think they're getting back on track, and Miles Garrett should cause some fits for Mac Jones today. Um, so I got the Browns over the Patriots as my upset. Of the you want to talk about game of the week like I just threw out there. Look, at, uh, You can't. You guys can't see that. What? What is it? Snow in Lambeau. Oh, wow. Like snow, snow in okay. Lambeau right now early in the day. So definitely, I cannot wait to watch. Well, actually, <laughs> who am I kidding? I won't even be able to watch that game because I got to watch the Eagles play the Broncos. All right, it's a fun, enjoyable one. <laughs> that's, right? 
that's going to wrap up this uh, right, Sunday yeah. edition of Turf Talk. And guys, of course, DSM Media and Turf Talk are brought to you now by Manscaped, who offers who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code TURF20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TURF20 at manscaped.com. Again, that is 20% off with free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com using our promo code TURF20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will certainly thank you. Guys, thank you to everyone who who tuned in live. Thank you to everyone who commented and, and joined the conversation with us. And thank you to anyone that's going to watch or listen to this after we are done wrapping up here. For myself, for Scotty, for DSM Media, have a great Sunday and go birds. Go birds. <laughs>